Welcome to the Adventures in Arting podcast. This is episode number 82, Team Teaching and Collaboration with Natalie Callback, recorded on October 4th, 2018. If you'd like to help the show, you can leave a review on iTunes. That helps other people find it. And my name is Julie Bayfan Balzer, and with me is my co-host, Eileen Shoebalzer. Hi, Mom. Hello, Julie. How are you? I'm good. I'm sitting here on a dark day, but I do know that the leaves are starting to turn, so something's happening in the universe. I was going to say, and you've got sun in your heart. That's right. <laughs> For about 10 minutes. There you go. Um, so speaking of sun in your heart, I was going to say one of the uh, one of my most fond memories is actually sitting on the roof deck of our guest's house in Germany where the sun was out until like 10 o'clock at night, which was really, really nice. So... Our guest today is Natalie Callback, and Natalie is a self-taught mixed media artist who was born in Germany and lived most of her adult life there in Hamburg before moving to the United States, and she now lives in Jersey City, New Jersey, Uh, and her work is licensed through Stencil Girl, Rubber Moon, Stampendous, and Art Foamies, and her work has been featured on the packaging for a Liquitex acrylic painting set sold at Michael's Arts and Craft Stores. She was also an artist and brand ambassador for Liquitex, and in June of 2017, her book, Artful Adventures in Mixed Media, was published uh, by Northlight, and that is a book all about art and techniques inspired by observation experience, and Natalie has extensive experience teaching all over the world uh, and online, of course, as well. She's very well known for her creative jumpstart online series, so welcome, Natalie. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. So you and I met, I'm trying to even remember now, the year. Ooh. It was I, the Versailles year, right? It was the, yeah, but we met online, I guess maybe even a year or two before then. It was it was safe to say it was probably a good 10 years ago. Probably Is that safe longer. to say? I would say maybe even like 2006-ish, I would say. That sounds right. That's the year I started blogging. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, so because we discovered each other uh each other's blogs and then i think we were on our forum together right yes the famous two peas oh yeah 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 <laughs> it was at the be- it was you guys we were there for the birth of the internet <laughs> and the birth of the snarky craft message board and it oh, was yeah. two peas oh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, so before that devolved, uh, we actually met at a teaching event in France mm-hmm. many years ago, an epic of, event that lingers in everybody's memories. Uh, <laughs> but I was going to say through the years, you know, we've kept in touch and we've seen each other. And then there was a brief period of time, which was lovely, in which you were living in Jersey City and I was living in New York and we could have lunch and go to the museum and like actually make art stuff together on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And that was really nice. Um, and we have also, I think, tried to do several collaborative art projects through the years and always sort of run out of time <laughs> and steam So on true. Them. I just found some pieces and I was like, I should just send it to you and say, hey, it's your turn now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so, Natalie, for people who aren't familiar with your work, do you want to talk a little bit about sort of what your style and philosophy is? Yeah, uh, I dabble in a lot of different things, but um, so one thing that I love to do, which actually Julie hooked me up on a couple years ago, um, I was very adamant to not start with it, but she 
totally forced me into it. And I'm so glad she did. Um, I'm that an is art bully. <laughs> She's such a bully, but it's in a good way, in a good way. So I do a lot of art journaling. I try to do that every day. Um, I, I have sometimes the theory of less is, uh, more is more, although I'm branching a little bit out into also less is okay. <laughs> so uh, lots of paint, uh, a little bit grungy, um, lots of patterns, lots of colors. And then my other love is um, painting and I like to paint urban landscapes. Uh, usually some historic buildings or buildings that have some sort of history of uh, things that go through my mind when I see buildings, um, like what is the story, what, what would be the story that the building could tell. And yeah, so these are my two main things, but I essentially do all kinds of stuff. I love to, anything with my hands. Uh, I even embroider lately, which is kind of weird. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people are embroidering lately. I was saying to mom, you know, I feel like I've seen a lot of people who I know are painters who have started to pick up a needle and thread and do a lot of embroidering. Yeah. Actually, Julie, you went to that thing, the Cambridge Art Association evaluates uh, your portfolio and gives you some suggestions. And they told you you could think about adding sewing to your paintings. Hmm. Yeah, they were looking through my portfolio and the woman said to me, she said, have you ever combined, you know, your stitching mm -hmm. work and your painting? And I said, occasionally, but not regularly. And she was like, I really think that would be good for you. And I sort of went home and thought about it. And I think I thought at first maybe I was noticing everybody stitching because of what she said. But I actually think the reason she said it is because it's very on trend right now. Yeah, I've, I mean, I noticed this, of course, too, but there's uh, also an artist that I really like. Her name is Natalia Aikens, and she does um, amazing artwork using recycled um, um, shopping bags and fabric, and um, she stitches, hand stitches on top of it. And um, it's just like, and she does a lot of landscape, um, urban landscapes, too. Uh, like fire stairways and stuff like that. And it's just so intriguing and so cool. And um, I have been thinking about adding some stitching to my canvases too, but then it's so intimidating. I mean, I will do it at some point, but you know, it's like, okay, I don't it's know. It's also but... really painful. I mean, exactly. stitching, I, having stitched through acrylic paint and like a gessoed canvas and mm -hmm. like, I mean, oh boy, you need some serious fingers and a hell of a needle to make it through. Yeah, I just saw, I forgot the name of it, so it's probably not good that I mention it. Um, but there's this other, um, what is this called when you, it's a certain needle that you need um, for, it's like rock mate, rock mate. Oh, the punch needle. Yes. Um, so I've looked into that lately and I thought maybe I should give that a try and maybe that would work. You know, I have a punch needle kit that has been sitting in my house for two and a half years since I went to this thing called Sheep Fest. Sheep uh, as sheep, in sheep ba. Fest. Yes, sheep <laughs> as in ba. Uh, and there were all these yarn crafts, and I'm not normally like a yarn person, but this woman was doing this punch needle stuff uh, and some a variation of rug hooking. Mm -hmm. and it was so fascinating to me so I bought one of her kits because I thought oh I can I can do this and it looks like so much fun and it's been sitting there forever but that is a really smart idea Miss Natalie Callback because that would be an easier way to get through it oh man I just was hoping you would say I'm gonna send it to you because it's sitting <laughs> for two years and then 
and she'll, and she'll tell you about it after she tries it. And then you I was going to say, or it yourself. can be a collaboration where I'll do the easy part and then you kill your fingers getting the needle through. I was like, oh, this is turning into something really good. I'm getting a punch needle kit. <laughs> do a dual blog. Natalie does it the old way. You do it the new way. There and then you, you compare see, fingers. See, who, see whose fingers are still alive at the end. You know, it's funny. Mom and I went to an artist lecture at a gallery we like here in the Boston area called Mobilia. This is many years ago, like maybe even eight or nine years ago, but I've always remembered it. It was a woman who did embroidery and she just did like embroidery on linen, the kind of traditional stuff you're used to, but in a non-traditional format. She did a lot of landscapes and sort of more contemporary art stuff. But I remember during her artist talk, she would talk about how she could only work for about two hours a day and then she had mm. to like walk away. And at the time, I remember thinking, why would you tell people that you only work two hours a day? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, that seems insane to me. But looking back, I guess because it's like intense handwork, if you want to keep your hands and not have them die, you probably really only can, if you're working on it every single day, you probably can't work more than a couple hours without developing something terrible. Exactly. I did, I did once, um, I had a little phase of needle felting and I oh. had to stop. It was so hurtful and I, I was like, no, it's not gonna, it's not gonna, and maybe the punch needle thing is not a good idea now that I've... <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is where we need to, there's something called a felting machine, oh. which is, uh, they have anywhere from like, uh, I think like three to seven needles. And basically you can felt things with that punch needle style of felting, mm -hmm. but basically incredibly quickly because it looks like a sewing machine, but it has no thread. It's just these needles that come up and down, 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 mm. which is kind of a cool thing. That sounds really cool. Maybe that would be the thing. We have right? to look into this. <laughs> I need a machine to make everything easier. <laughs> Uh, so the other thing I wanted to talk about, I think, is your attitude towards art making. And that's a reason that I think we have always gotten along, liked each other and been able to teach together. So do you want to talk a little bit about sort of your outlook on uh, how you approach the making of art? Yeah, um, so I think my main thing about art is, or like creating, is that, um, you know, I always say to my students, students, nothing screws us up more than the perfect picture in our head. And that means that I don't, I don't go with an absolute end goal or a perfect picture into making art or creating. And I um, welcome the opportunity to try to fix something. So for me, making or creating or painting um, might be sometimes because I don't have the skill or it might be something happens that isn't, you know, as I expected or yada, 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 many reasons. But whenever something happens and it doesn't look as great or as I expected, then I just go with it. Um, I think there's so many different areas in our life where we have to be or try to be perfect. And this as a hobby or even life making, um, which is supposed to be fun, this is the least area where I want to keep to put that pressure on myself um, to, you know, work on something and try to be perfect. That's one, that's one thing that I think is a um, is a philosophy of mine. And I think that might be similar. And the other is, I guess, um, that 
I love to try everything out. Like when I get art supplies or supplies, I love to try to see how many ways, different ways there are to use a certain tool or supply and make the most out of it. Like, it's almost like I take it apart <laughs> and see, you know, what can I do with it? You know, what happens if I put it in water? What happens when I lay on it? <laughs> All kinds of different things. Well, I so. think that for me as well, like I think there is this thing I think is funny and I'm sure you get the same, you know, emails that I do where people ask questions <laughs> about supplies, whether you what can if? do this or that or what's the this. And I, my answer to them is probably the same as yours, which is always, I don't know, try it. Exactly. What if is yes. there, is this like the what if questions I call them and I'm like, just, just try it. Um, even if I would know the answer. It might, it might, like, trying it out yourself, you you take away from yourself something that you still find beautiful, right, or, or great. And I might say, yeah, when you do that and that, this and this happens, and then you might be like, oh, I don't know, if I, then I don't want to try it. But um, doing things, doing things that might fail is that's actually the best thing that you can do. It's it, like to learn um, embrace mistakes or just like get better. Like there's no, there's no time ever. And I do a lot of crappy stuff. Um, I might not show everything, but I do. <laughs> I do produce a lot of really ugly stuff. And um, we all do. And I think yeah. that's, it's one of the things about like, never believe somebody's curated social media. Like everybody exactly. only posts the good stuff. Exactly. Um, I had Julie as my first child. It didn't work out, but then I had her brother, so it worked out in the end. Spoken like a true Chinese mother. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not even going to dignify that with a response, Mom. No, yeah, I've um, probably you two um, because you're so smart. You know the name for it. And there's this Japanese philosophy that if you, if like something breaks, like uh, in pottery or something, you know, yeah, something breaks and you put it back together, that you actually embrace the flaw that it has with the crack by putting some gold leaf over the cracked area. Yes. I forgot what the name of it is. There's a name for this kind of like, it's not wasabi. <laughs> No, 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 it's, uh, hold on, it's tickling at my brain. Wabi-sabi? No, 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 no. it's, uh, ah, Kintsugi? Yeah. Something like that. And I think there's something so awesome, like, that's so beautiful, the thought of it, like, that instead of trying to hide everything that doesn't, you know, work out or doesn't look that good or what we think doesn't look that good, to embrace that area and say, hey, this is actually really cool and it brought me fervor in discovering or doing something and i think flawless art if there is any like that is boring i agree and i would say i have a set of bowls that i bought wooden bowls and where the wood has cracked or was imperfect uh the wood carver put blue epoxy he filled mm -hmm. those spaces with blue epoxy which really means you see them and it highlights them and i just i was so t i like them more than if they had just been like a perfect wooden bowl and i'd also point out there's a native american tradition which is you always put a flaw into your work 
because mm -hmm. uh, the belief that, you know, you're not perfect and your work shouldn't be perfect and that, you know, whatever sort of higher power or whatever, like that's the only perfection that you should never seek for it to right. be perfect. Which reminds me of, it might be, I think that is kind of funny, but um, so it reminds me of the epic table story that we have. So my husband and I at some point decided that we should get some adult furniture. So adult furniture <laughs> means like we get rid of all the Ikea stuff. Because in Europe, you know, it's like you grow up with Ikea, you buy Ikea stuff. And so at some point when we were together, we were like, okay, we need some adult furniture. And we actually had a table and a bench uh, made, which I know you know very well, Julie, because you sat on um, the bench and you sat at the table many times. But anyway, what you might not know is there is a huge flaw in the table. So when the, um, I think Carpenter is called the guy who makes it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so when the Carpenter came with this beautiful uh, table, he stood in front of our house and my husband wasn't there and he said, I, ha and it was kind of like really not great that he did it at that moment. So he delivered it and before he carried it up to the sixth floor walk up um, uh, apartment where we lived, he said, um, well, I have a problem. I was sending the table top down and at, at some point it just revealed this massive uh, wormhole. It, it's not that massive. It's like a, it's like a, a 25 cent coin big. And he said, um, so I was, I was like, oh God, I, I ever have to replace the whole plank and it's going to be really hard to mimic the uh, the pattern of the wood that I already picked or I just leave it there and I filled it with epoxy and it was clear epoxy uh, and he said take a look at it I, I give it to you for less or do you want me to make a brand new table and so um, I decided that it was okay that the table has this flaw because I thought it was kind of cool that there is a wormhole in there and you know that's it's wood it's a living thing um, so my husband doesn't think so and there is this there is this ongoing game where he puts a coaster on that particular wormhole and then I when I clean the table I move it and we do not talk about it, but I see him, I see him like walking. It's like a thing. He walks like every day over and he makes sure the coaster is covering the wall. Wow. I, I That's like fascinating. That I like all those flaws. <laughs> Me too. I like natural edge. I have kitchen counters made from old uh, chestnut wood that has wormholes and knot holes. I think that is part of the unique charm of those things so if i were you i would keep moving that coaster off oh i will and i hope when julie comes again she will move with me i will you know what's so funny i sat at that table a million times i have never noticed that wormhole oh he made sure he was probably laying with his arm on that <laughs> <laughs> that's 
so interesting. Well, you know, I think that also it's this is the old thing about like when people say, you know, what do you think? Is this painting done? Or what do you think of my work? Or any of those kinds of questions, which is just like the wormhole that you and Jim have such different ideas about, you know, it. I think the same thing is true about art, which is like, you may think this is beautiful. I may think this is ugly. You may think this is right. done. I may think that it's not. And I think like that the idea of needing to like trust yourself and your mm. point of view on what is beautiful is so important. And actually, you know, sort of segueing into what the main topic of today's podcast is about. I think that's the beauty of taking a class from two teachers because it does offer you two perspectives on, you know, this is my philosophy and that's, you know, your philosophy, but you know, this is where we come together. This is where we split and you get to make up your mind you know, who you are as an artist, as a student. Exactly. And you can take like whatever you want from both of us or even seeing that there are two different ways. You you could even be coming so brave if you weren't already and come up with a third solution and way. Yeah, come up with, there's, I mean, if there's 40 students in the class, come up with 40 different solutions. Exactly. There are exactly. a lot of options. So in case people don't know, tell them that you guys are teaching a class and when yes. and where. So in case you don't know, so Natalie and I are teaching a class. So um, so Natalie and I have been teaching this uh, ongoing thing, I guess it's called Mixed Media Circus. And we've taught, um, they've been different classes each time, but it's just basically what we call our collaborations, mainly because we are a barrel full of monkeys when we get together. <laughs> I think that Natalie and I are both fairly normal when we're alone, but somehow when we get together, we both turn into like insane people. And there is a lot of singing and dancing and weird noises get made quite often. Wouldn't you say that's <laughs> fair? That is very fair. <laughs> okay, so. So you went to Australia. So we went to Australia. This. We did this in Germany. And now we are, are bringing the show we did to it the in New UK. York, <laughs> to I the Northeast Workshops. And this is called Whimsical Collage. And I'm actually going to read you the class description. Because we spent a long time writing it. So <laughs> it's uh, a thrilling three-day art adventure awaits you. Join Julie, Faith Ann, Balzer, and Natalie Callback for an intensive art-making weekend packed with tips, techniques, ideas, laughter, and excellent instruction. Over the three days, we will create our own unique papers, build complex backgrounds, layer collage, and paint and collage again. Use stamps, use stencils, draw, splatter, scrape, and learn varied art concepts from color mixing to design principles. You will leave the workshop with 12 completed mixed media collages and an arsenal of art techniques and ideas that can be used in your art journal on campus and while paper crafting you do not want to miss out on this opportunity to expand your repertoire of techniques please join us for mixed media circus whimsical collage where is it and when is it <laughs> so, so it is in Covent or near coventry and the uk um, it's organized by Sue Tucker um, with her company is called Art Workshops. And it's in on November 2nd to November 4th uh, in a hotel. Um, every, uh, every student can stay there. Um, it's a beautiful classroom. I've taught there last year uh, as well. And um, you will be with your peers and with us two monkeys for three days. And I believe supplies are included. 
Yes, supplies are mostly included. Actually, you almost have to bring nothing. Um, I think we have a couple more spots free, um, but um, some of the people are coming, as I have seen so far, from the Netherlands. I think someone is coming from France. Um, so, And then, of course, from the UK. So there are all, all kinds of people coming, and they bring a suitcase. So... Um, we wanted to make it easy, as easy as possible to be able to travel in Europe. And that's why most of the supplies, the paints, etc., are included in the class fee. Yes. And uh, if you have any questions about any of it, you can let me or Natalie know. But we're really excited about it. And um, Nat, now you actually have team talk quite a bit. I know you and Birgit Koopsen. Uh, and you probably say her name much better than I do. I apologize, Birgit. I love you, but I'm terrible at pronouncing your name. Um, but you've talked with her a lot as well. Yeah, um, I did talk. Actually, I taught um, with her at that place in Carpentry for Sue um, for art workshops uh, last year. And we had an amazing time. It was wonderful. Um, the hotel is great. The food is great. And we had so much fun. Um, as a teacher, I was going to say, as a teacher, what do you like about teaching with someone else? Like, how is it different from teaching by yourself? I think what I like about it is that, um, it, it kind of reunite, oh God, don't say words that you can't (laughs) Well, I can only say like three words in German, so you're doing better. (laughs) Well, I always feel like re-inspired and um, like energized when I'm teaching with um, a friend artist because it gives me a different perspective on what I'm doing as well, that there are other ways um, and that is kind of really cool. Uh, It also really forces you to think about what you're going to do because, you know, you obviously do not... Because, like, all things can be different. Like, I now, for example, um, we both like usually different kinds of uh, gel medium or uh, fluid medium. You like fluid medium. I like gel medium. You like potatoes. I like potatoes. Anyway, um, so I think it's, like, great because it shows people that there is no uh, wrong or right about that. Or, you know, the way how Birgit wants her paint tubes to be opened is very different. I've never thought about it. Um, so that also, I, you know, things that you just think about that are so different. And I think it's good to question, not in a bad way, question what you're doing, but kind of like seeing again that there are other ways and that, uh, you know, that you're, that it, it, keeps you, it keeps you on track. Let's put it that way. So Um, I was going to say there are two things that I really like. One is uh, from a totally selfish point of view, I almost feel like I get to take a class when there's a second teacher. Right. Because it's like I get to hear their philosophy on it and I get to see their techniques on it. And I get to like be a part of that kind of stuff because we all have our different like strengths and weaknesses as artists and as teachers. And the second thing that I really like is in an interesting way, I feel like having a second teacher allows me to give students more one-on-one attention because I don't have to be the one in charge always, like keeping an eye on everything. I can actually really take the time to spend it with a student who is struggling or has a question or, you know, whatever else. I agree, especially in a retreat 
um, situation, I think um, the most awesome part is that you really um, bond with this, the group itself. And you, it's, it's becoming this like kind of insider affair that you have your own language, your own jokes, um, all kinds of stuff because each of the teachers has time to, you know, go around, talk to all the students, help them uh, answer questions or, or just like um, try to, you know, make fun of the other teacher. Yes, that's that's also key to Natalie and Julie experience. <laughs> Um, but what I was going to say, like, one of the things that I like so much is about you as a teacher and that I enjoy teaching with you is because I think that you are very self-deprecating. You don't take yourself too seriously. You take the time to really explain to students, you know, the materials that are being used. Some of and you and I share this, I think, where we geek out a little bit about like why you like thick, why I like thin, why this mm-hmm. paint has a pigment load that's different than something else. And like that I think we both like to talk about the whys of things, which comes back to that idea of, you know, give a man a fish, he eats for a day, teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. And I really have that philosophy about teaching art, and I think you do too, which is I want people to be able to go home and do this, not because I said use red paint, but because they understand why they want to choose a red paint at this point. Right. Um, Like you kind of like crawl into our weird brains. And um, I like, I like teaching with you also because you're super encouraging. Um, And I don't mean like encouraging in a weird way, like maybe it's a little bit of a circus, but no, I I feel like it is, it's like you, you always are so quick. You have like these ideas of, you know, Oh, this happened. Let's, let's fix this this way, or let's turn it into this. And I really enjoy um, seeing you interacting with the uh, students and, coming up with some fun ideas. Like there's never a dull moment when I teach with you. So also not with Birgit, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) The jokes keep coming. Um, But I think that's the thing too, which is when I am teaching with you, I do find that like it is uh, always kind of like that you get twice the information because if you're doing the color wheel, You know, it's like I want to chime in with my color wheel things. And then, you know, so it's like students are getting your color wheel lesson plus my color wheel lesson, you know, sort of all at the same time, which I think is great. And they can sort of figure out where they fit in that. Yeah. And I'm also super, super curious because um, we do have a concept, of course, for the class, but we actually haven't um, talked in detail about each other's uh, collages. Yes. So, Actually, will you talk a little bit about um, when we were coming up with this class, sort of the process? <laughs> uh, you're asking me things. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to do it instead? <laughs> Maybe. Well, because we were talked about like, like what we sh- – because I think part of the thing is we do do this mixed media circus thing, but we always want the class to be different. We don't want to sort of like teach the same class over and over. So one of the things that you and I talked about, right, was we were like what's interesting to us now? What are things that people are interested in learning? And we kind of figured out, you know, that there were two two sort of major concepts, which were obviously collage and mixed media collage in particular, but also the idea of working in a series, Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and we we kind of like we, that was basically all. Guys, that's all that we talked about as we came yeah. up, and then right. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. we said, let's we will do twelve collages, and we both. I don't even think we came up with a supply list ahead of time. No, I think the way that we did it, which I personally think is genius. <laughs> is we we said that we would each do 12 collages and the only rule is that they had to be mixed media collages meaning they couldn't be pure collage they had to involve some other media at some point some other art form right drawing mm-hmm. or painting or something and that it or ha- now you can include sewing it's true or sewing would be really some cool kind too. of fiber arts thing yeah i mean it's a little too late but it would be really cool if we had even like a sewing machine there I added some embroidery. Oh, yeah. Actually, I'm looking at it. It says needle and thread or embroidery floss. Perfect. Mm -hmm. So you're so smart. But then that's the thing, which is we said we would each write a supply list for what we used on our collages. Then we would slam the two lists together to get the entire list. And, of course, the amazing part is I would say 85 to 90 percent of our list was the same. Yes, which is it's true. Know, it's which, insane. which is also kind of cool because that's the thing about art. You and I can use the same supplies and come up with different things entirely. Yeah, and I think like when someone looks at their um, advertisement collage that we put together for the class, you will see. I think it's very distinct um, whose whose collage is whose, or that they are at least if you don't know our style, you know. You know, there are two different people um, that made them, even though we used, I think we might have talked a little bit about the color range. Did we? I don't even remember that. If we did, that's awesome, because that puts me way ahead of where I thought. (laughs) Well, it makes me kind of wonder, because it's so funny that we have so similar colors. Oh, interesting. But maybe we didn't. See, this is how we wing it. This is how we wing it. But then it was really cool because once we came up with, you know, that and we worked out um, and we basically worked out the stages because the good news about the way that Natalie and I work is that some of it is very similar. Like I think, you know, creating a palette of painted papers and gathering supplies, like we both do that sort of at the beginning. And then, you know, after that, start to build and use all these different stenciling and stamping techniques to bring cohesiveness and unity or cohesiveness, cohesion and unity to the compositions and thinking about design principles as you're working and all that kind of stuff. So we sort of divided loosely the three days into stages. And I think what we really need to talk about before we go into class is we just need to figure out who's sort of leading the teaching on which section. Um Right. You know, in terms of figuring that out. And that's always so interesting to me because I think that sometimes I uh, I have I have stolen some of your very best tips out of our team teaching experiences. I give you credit always, but you have a wonderful thing that you do with tinting, toning and shading mm-hmm. that I'm always like, this is Natalie Callback's voice. <laughs> It's actually funny that you just mentioned it. Yeah. I had a student um, when I was doing it in a class, I think it was in Maryland, mm-hmm. and a student of mine said, oh, that's so funny. Julie Pfeiffer and Balsa just did it, and she said it was you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true because it's so good, and like I think that's another fun thing, which is when you teach with somebody else and you pick up like 
what are their even uh, teaching ideas, like their methods for getting it into people's heads? What's the difference between a tint tone and a shade, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's, there are a lot of simple things like that that have really stayed with me from our times teaching together. Oh yeah, like I, I say yours, like how to do, how to apply paint through stenciling. Um, I, I always quote you, I mean, quoting you, quoting Karate Kid. Yes. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> you have to come to our class in order to realize what that there means. There you go. The plagiarism <laughs> goes on and on and on and on and on. It's and, not plagiarism, by the way, if you give credit to where you got it from. It's true. It's true. And I mean, actually, that's the thing all the time when people are worried about copying art or saying like I actually had a long talk with my assistant recently who was saying that she was concerned about like finding her own style and worried that she was potentially just like aping other people's style. And I said, you know what? I wouldn't worry about it. Like you do what's interesting to you. And then when you create enough volume of work, whatever your own style is just comes out because you can't help it because when you're doing a lot of work, it just has to be what comes out of your hand. It's kind of like your handwriting. You can control it to a certain extent if you're really careful. But if I tell you you've got to write 30 pages in the next 30 minutes, you're going to start writing with whatever your natural handwriting is. Exactly. That's why you have to create a lot of crappy art too. And I think I think like when you start dabbling in a new, in like some sort of new thing, like let's say maybe, you know, like, oh, I want to do art journaling or whatever. You look at people doing this. And you might start out by copying them, which I think is actually, that's actually okay. That's, that has been done, you know, throughout the like centuries. It's not a new thing that people are copying other artists in order to um, do their skill. It's a different thing when you go out and you say, Hey, I'm going to teach a class now, (laughs) or like, you know, I'm, I'm copying, Julie Pfeiffer von Balzer and then I'm teaching her class. That's a that's a different kind of copying. I mean like if you want to figure out some things and you you borrow certain certain elements from different artists and and the more you do that and the more you practice the more you develop your own style. Um I don't think there's anything really new under the sun in the art world. Nothing. I agree. I think there are very, very few things that anybody could consider new. And I think it is one of the interesting uh, problems in contemporary art, which is, you know, if if you just can't do anything shocking that's different and new, then, Mm. you know, what does it mean to be at the forefront of what's happening in art then? Is it about, you know, what you're creating with a feeling? Is it emotional content? Like, what does it mean, you know what I mean, to be... uh, a sort of contemporary artist who's really out there. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I mean, like, let's say if we talk about collage and you think about the artists that stick in my head, you know, as like people that I'm, uh, artists that I admire for uh, their collage work, let's say older, like Kurt Schwitters and Max Ernst, you know, um, are the techniques that they have used in some ways very similar? Yes. Are their styles um, are very uh, different? Yes. Or if you would look at Rauschenberg, you know, a lot of things that that I love to do in collages are definitely because I I'm a huge fan, and I think so are you of Rauschenberg. So do I love to include transfers? Yes. Did Rauschenberg do that in his work? Yes. 
Did I, am, am I inspired by what he did? Yes. Did he come up with that? Mm, I don't think so either. You know, so it's all these like, or as a more contemporary uh, collage artist, Kara Walker, who has an amazing, I have to go, uh, amazing exhibition in Montclair. Um, she does the um, cut cutouts. Um, what is it called? When you do the black paper and you cut it out. Yes. We say scissor cutting in German, which makes no no sense. You know, like you have a profile. Yeah, the so silhouettes. Silhouettes. So she incorporates a lot of silhouettes into uh, into um, historic um, um, book pages or prints, uh, and they are very political. Uh, and but it's amazing. But um, have there been silhouettes um, like that's not a new concept, right? She just put it in a new concept. Like the technique itself is not new. And so I think I think that's where it's interesting. Um, you just take things from different area, um, areas and then you put it together and come up with your own thing. The more you do it. Yeah, I think. I, I, I know it sounds so trite, and I went to a lecture actually last night with John Leguizamo, who mentioned this too, which is the 10,000-hour rule. I don't know that it's exactly 10,000 hours, but it's a philosophy that if you do anything for 10,000 hours, that's how you become an expert, right? And it takes that long to become an expert. And I think there is something to be said about finding your personal style and finding who you are. You, you do really have to put in the time you know, to get there. I mean, one of the things that is so great about going to class, and I've always liked this as a student, um, is that you're forced to make art in a fairly short period of time. And it does force you a little bit to look at your own personal style. What are your tendencies? You know what I mean? What do you tend to like? What are the patterns that you have? And working in a series is very much like that as well. Um, which is why it's great that we're making these 12 because you can really sort of see them as a series. Um, and so I think it's kind of exciting to think about when's the last time over a three day weekend, you made 12 pieces of art, right? When's the last time any of us did, you know, because normally you don't force yourself to finish that much work. No, I don't, I don't actually think I, I don't really remember like, doing that maybe for the class not even. <laughs> and never again no that's true um so yeah i think it's it's gonna be so much fun um uh, you know just joining us and um in this like crazy 12 collage because it sounds it sounds like maybe when you when you look at it first you're like well but it's a lot it's there's a lot of work for, for it that we have we do beforehand and I think that's like the super fun part I think collage is also so much fun because you when you make your own paper or you gather your like there's a part of it that's like organizing and you know collecting and I know you like yeah. organizing <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about so Natalie is <laughs> why like, did that sound no, Natalie is like the most organized person. I feel a little bit like Natalie and I are the odd couple, and I'm definitely the slob in the relationship. And it's always so hilarious because she's so organized. She's always on top of it. And she's always like, um, I sent you an email like four days ago. Could you please read it? That's organized. Spreadsheets. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just she's on top of it. <laughs> 
And I'm just I just like, get like I think it is because I I was uh, in my former life I was a paralegal I studied um, law and I was responsible to hold my lawyers accountable for the deadlines and I uh, you know I you put pre deadlines in and pre pre deadlines and still it's cutting it close and I get like heart palpitation <laughs> when things are not like I don't know. I have a reputation, man. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to uphold that. Uh, but it's also good. I mean, I think, but that is also the yin and the yang of the two of us. And I think why we've always enjoyed things is just different approaches, different philosophies, different like things. And yet it sort of is always after uh, sort of passion for the same idea. Exactly. And um, we are still very much alike in many things. It's true. Uh, Mom, you've been oddly silent. Is there anything well, that you would like to add? You know, uh, I actually think that the two of you teaching together makes a kind of a three-way conversation, which is going to be interesting for the students. And it's a lot more interesting than just like one person telling other people what to do. I didn't say anything because, A, I haven't taught an art class, and B, I don't always get a chance to listen to Natalie. I get to listen to you whether Ad I nauseam. want to or not. <laughs> but you always well, want you to. said it. Always. I think Eileen should join us. I live for that. <laughs> Eileen, you should come with us. My, my usual thing in Julie's classes is sometimes I do the projects and I'm always the slowest and it's decision making on my part. And then the other time is I take photos when you see great photos of Julie at work and it seems like she has two hands in the picture I might be lurking <laughs> see but I like what you said um that it is making decisions because I think that's actually that is all that it is right making art and creating is making decisions right and I can do it in other areas where I feel more comfortable yeah we say cooking but that is one area where I feel comfortable and therefore I can make decisions, you know, I can improvise, but I don't really know art that way. And I don't know the art mediums that way. So for me, it's always not wanting to make, it's that not wanting to make a mistake. It, and let's talk about the beauty of a series then, which is if you're trying to make a decision when you're working in a series, you can make all the decisions. If you're like, exactly. you know, should I put blue paint on this or not? So then one you don't, one you do. And then you're like, should I cut this in half or should I not? One you do, one you don't, you know. And it kind of helps you, I think, learn which are the decisions that you like and the decisions you don't. Notice I don't say good and bad decisions, right and wrong. I mean the ones that you like and the ones that you don't. You know, sometimes exactly. I'll go shopping and I'll find something I like. Let's say I find a, a blouse. And it's in two different colors. And I don't know which one I like better. And sometimes I'll say, okay, I'll buy them both. And later, over time, through use, I discover I wear one all the time and the other one seldom. And it, it may take me longer, you know, to get to that point where I understand why I'm going to like one more than the other. <laughs> I think it's very funny that you brought up shopping, Eileen, because yes. something that you actually really taught me is shopping in series. Well, because, everybody has their skills. Right, but so so to explain that, that um, so we 
we all like shopping. I mean, all of us, I guess, but Julie, her mom and I, we like shopping and we have been on some shopping um, tours when I visited them in Boston. And um, I, I used to go in and I picked like one piece, you know, and I go to the um, um, box, you know, when the I'm dressing the room. Yeah. Right. And Box. and I would be like, ah, oh, this is not good. And then Eileen was like, no, this is not how you do it. You walk through the whole place, you stuff everything on your arm that you want to try on that looks appealing, and then you do it all at once. Love it. That's how I shop now. It's my Eileen serious shopping method. I think you also used to think oh there's only like one particular style of something that's going to work on me you used to be very 1930s 1940s kind of look but you yeah, that was out. more my conventions convention look i guess yeah but you've branched out i'm not going to conventions anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you had that sailor outfit i never wore that at home or like you know ah. That's my, that's my, that was like stuff that I would wear at conventions, but not really at home. So I guess, but I was, I used to be, yeah, I used to have a very, uh, like boring maybe style. So you definitely unleash the pattern, uh, love that I also like in my artwork for closing. I give that to you. My mom is so all this comes about pattern on pattern. This comes back to the art thing again, because just as many things look lousy on the hanger, but then when you try them on, they look totally different and they look great. Again, that's like, try it. Exactly. Questioning, try it. How will you know till you see it? What if, right? Right. What if? Well, it's probably time for us to wrap up. Uh, so Natalie, where can people find you online? You can find me on my uh, blog or website. It's uh, Natalie's with an S at the end, studio.com. Or on Instagram, uh, my handle is Nat Callback uh, with a CH at the end. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> and, and mom, where can people find you online? Sitting here poking my computer and wishing that I knew more. <laughs> I will tell you this, without you and your brother, I don't know what I'd do. Built-in IT is really important. It's good. It's exciting. We got Mom a new printer this week, which was super exciting for everyone. Now she can print wirelessly from all over her house. Wow. That's awesome. I know. Um, so as always, you can find me at ballsordesigns.typepad.com. Do leave us your comments or questions at ballsordesigns.com backslash arting. We'd love to hear from you. And I know that Natalie and I would love to see you in class. And if you tweet about the show, please use the hashtag pound arting podcast, A-R-T-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And if you'd like to help the show, you can leave a review on iTunes because that helps other people find the show. So thanks so much for listening and subscribing. We'll see you the next time on the Adventures in Arting podcast. Yeah.